You are listening to the Sunnybrook Unscripted Podcast, where we talk real life, answer questions, and take a deeper practical look at the topics we talk about on a Sunday morning. To learn more about Sunnybrook Church, including our Sunday gathering times and opportunities throughout the week, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org. Welcome to our Sunnybrook Podcast. I'm Beth Lander, the Kids Director at Sunnybrook, and our family ministry team is so excited to welcome Dr. Chinway Williams. And my questions today will be focused on younger kids and families. And on our other episodes, Dr. Williams is chatting with Sarah and Eric from our team, and they'll be tackling questions related to special needs and older students, so be sure to check those out. Well, Dr. Williams, welcome back to Sioux City. Yay! It's a to speak with you. It's so great to be here, and I love being with you guys last year. Can't wait to come back. Yes, after reading your book and visiting with you and having you speak here at Sunnybrook, we have continued um, this conversation around mental health and just keep asking the question, how can we help and be a resource um, for families around mental health? And we just thank you so much for your influence. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. In your book, Scenes, so let's jump right into it. In your book, Scene, you talk about the power of secure attachments. Mm-hmm. You've even said that they help heal and rewire the brain. And they can yes. even, secure attachments can even decrease the risk for despair and suicidal thoughts. Yes. Can you share with us, this is probably specifically for parents, mm-hmm. but Uh, What do those secure attachments look like, or maybe even walk us through a day, if this is a new concept for parents, what would be some habits or behaviors that parents could implement? What would a day look like with a child? Yeah, with the aim of creating or establishing or maintaining secure attachment, right? Okay, awesome question. Well, I kind of want, and if you guys got a chance to um, see the presentation that uh, Sunnybrook put on last year where I was there, you know that I love to use stories and illustrations. So let me answer that question by saying um, to parents directly, do you remember those early days and weeks of parenting? I'm starting to tear up already, okay? So from the moment our kids came into the world, Um, the doctor took them to be weighed, right? Or the nurse, right? They were measured, they were bundled, they were swaddled, they were brought up to our our breast, right? And their health and overall well-being remained at the very top of all of our priorities, right? We were so attuned to their every single need. Honey, it's cold, you know, turn up the thermostat if they started to you know, are, are they are they sick if they sniffled? You know, we catch every sneeze, we catch every change in body temperature. If any sleep disruption, we are right there. We never miss a catch up. Uh, excuse me, we never miss a checkup. Yeah. So that sets the stage for secure attachment. So every single parent that I know is seeking to have like an emotional bond with their child. They're wanting to also find ways to, you know, uh, parent their child in a way that sort of fits with their their values and, and their faith. And there's so many different parenting models right now. If, if you go to Amazon, you know, I think they're, I don't know, 
several hundred books on parenting that can be very, very confusing. So I happen to believe, and everybody has their own opinion, but as a mom, as a mental health therapist, I believe in attachment parenting. So attachment parenting is basically this. It's focusing on nurturing not just your child's physical well-being, spiritual well-being, super important, by the way, but also nurturing that connection that you felt, you know, right away, most of us felt that right away um, within the minutes and hours uh, that our child was in brought into this world. So this is an a, a type of parenting that parents can develop with their children um, that the research has shown helps them to be more resilient. It helps them to be more independent, which is what we want. It helps them to be more empathetic, right? Because they're getting that from us. And, you know, there's so many different pediatricians. I think Dr. William Sears is the most famous pediatrician that said that this type of parenting builds trust and security that goes on into adulthood. And so that forms the basis of secure attachment. Love that. I just found um, an old Mother's Day card that one of my kids wrote, and I actually have it framed, and I, I think it speaks to this. Um, it was from my daughter, and she wrote in this card, she's probably in first grade, and she wrote, you know, I love you, and then she said, Mom, I know you're always on the other side of the wall, mm. and she was speaking, you know, when she's in her room, mm. and I knew what she meant by that. Wow. But I was there in the house. <laughs> I was just on the other side of the wall. Wow. Wow. And so she could get to you. And and even and even if she didn't need you for a specific thing, she knew you were there. Yeah. Yeah. It I love that. At first, but then I thought, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. that. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. I love that. There's um if for those of you who have the book seen, there's a story that reminds me of that, um, of a parent whose child was struggling and she said, Can I sleep in the bed with you? And and the teenager said no. And then the parent said, Can I sleep on the floor outside of your door? And the teenager said yes. And she talked about how knowing that her mom was on the other side of the door while she was struggling with despair is what helped her to keep going. Yes. So I love that. Mm. Okay. So what is the best way to affirm our kids and how, and, 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 and maybe verbally our verbal messages to them. So let me give you a little background. Yeah. I've been thinking lately about messages, things my parents said or, or didn't say. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought, you know, I never was told I was beautiful or a mm -hmm. princess when I was growing up. And I don't remember that being something any of my friends were told. Right. But I hear that a lot now with mm -hmm. parents. Mm -hmm. um, and there is sort of this princess culture anyway. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm wondering, you know, when kids are facing conflict on the playground, mm -hmm. uh, when they have to complete a chore they don't want to do, or they're struggling with a really hard math problem, yes. is this message of I'm a princess really going to help? <laughs> no. <laughs> so what what is it that we can be telling our kids yeah. that's really going to affirm them and help them um, yes. kind of that resiliency get through life? That's and, it. and is it still okay to say those things? Absolutely. It's not going to hurt, but it doesn't help 
to build a skill. So that's what I want your listeners to remember. Um, Praising for the sake of praising has not been shown to be effective. (laughs) And so here's what I want to share. And there may be those who disagree with me, but this is based on my experience and also the research that I've done. Building a child's self-esteem is not as important as building their self-efficacy. And self-efficacy is a psychological term that simply means their confidence in being able to achieve something, accomplish something, do something. So my dad never told me that I was a princess. Um, Occasionally he told me I was pretty, which was really sweet, but he did tell me he was proud of me. And he told me that I had a voice for radio, which is so relevant for what we're doing right now. So maybe he put something in me, right? Like, you know, that I could communicate with people. I would talk on the phone and some, an adult, I'd say, let me go get my dad. An adult would say, gosh, how old is she? She sounds so respectful and blah, blah, blah. And my dad said, she's only eight. (laughs) So I got feedback at an Mm -hmm. early age that this is how you're supposed to communicate with adults. This is how to show respect. This is how to have a friendly tone to your voice, right? If I was told, thanks, honey, give me the phone. You're such a princess. That didn't (laughs) do anything for me, you know? And so basically um, we do want to praise kids. We do want to validate them, but I want to be very specific by saying to parents, you praise them for different things that are going to build their skill set. So 100%, if they're like, mom, I don't want to do this math math homework. I'm not good at math. I keep getting, no matter what I do, I keep failing. The teacher doesn't like me. I didn't have the right study guide, all of those things. But then you see them put forth some effort. You say, hey, like, I'm really proud of you for, you know, it's a Saturday afternoon. Your friends are outside, of, you know, hanging out. They're at the mall. They're doing this. They went skating. I know you wanted to go, but I also know that this exam is important to you and making good grades is really important to you. So that's what we want to praise. We want to praise effort. Um, we want to praise um, resilience. We want to praise when our child is doing something that they may be don't necessarily want to do. And if you have a child who is struggling with anxiety or, you know, despair, even at a young age, if they take any necessary steps toward courage, toward bravery, yes, we scream that, you know, from the rooftops, right? It's like, wow, like you, you did that. Like, I know how scared you were. So my son is seven and he um, is interesting because I see him doing a lot of brave things. So people on the outside will see him as social. Noah um, will see him as um, adventurous and courageous. He is social, but he is not adventurous. <laughs> He's not that courageous. Um, he is internally, but when we have these conversations of him like walking into an arcade that's busy and it's someone's birthday party and we're and we're a little bit late, so the family that's holding the party isn't right there. He has to sort of meander to find his friends. I'll ask him about that afterwards and I'll say, babe, like you just, you did that because I know a lot of kids his age get really nervous socially. And I'll say, gosh, like that's so brave of you. And he'll go, no, mommy, I was really nervous. (laughs) I'm like, really? He goes, yeah, I thought I was going to pee my pants. (laughs) Um, And then we have a conversation, like God did that. Like I didn't do that. But what I 
God put that in him. But what I do is I notice it and I, I, I bring it up and I say to him, that must have taken a lot. You know, you couldn't find any of your friends. It was like sensory overload, but you, you did it. You know, and a lot of times the kids that I counsel, the preteens and teenagers, they will not get out of a car unless they know for sure that there's a a friend right there. Yes. Yeah. So that's an example. <laughs> I hope that's helpful. Uh, well, you had a very wise dad, wise father, <laughs> and I'm so glad he spoke that into you because um, you are doing what you meant to do, and I'm I'm so grateful. Um, all right. So to wrap it up. If someone, a parent, um, a youth worker, volunteer, if they were stuck in an elevator with you and you had just a few minutes to give some some nuggets of wisdom, what would you share with them? Yes, I would say that um, in this world where, yes, there's a lot of chaos and confusion and there's a lot of digital connection, um, we need to enhance the physical one-on-one connection. The digital isn't going away. So for leaders, for parents, my number one advice is to really aim for as much physical connection as you can with the folks that you're raising, with the folks that you're serving or leading. I tell parents all the time, even your teenage boys, when they say they don't want to hug, they really do. They really enjoy it. Um, and they do. They love food and they love hugs. And so um, as they get older, kids will push us away. And so, but it's so important to stay connected 20 seconds. So here's a tip for connection and attachment to even your spouse. When you get home at the end of the day or your kid gets home at the end of the day, give them a hug and hold them for 20 seconds. 20 seconds. There's some research that says 12 hugs per day. We don't have time for that. I don't even see my kids that often. Okay. Maybe on a Saturday and I, I've got things to do and they don't want me touching them that much, but one hug for 20 seconds. Our kids need you above any sort of digital or electronic gadget. Oh, that's wonderful. All right. I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. Williams, for, for joining me today. Um, I just know this will help equip parents and anyone who works with kids. So, and you are so passionate about this. Thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much. And thank you for what you do. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org or download the Sunnybrook Church app. And again, thanks for listening to the Sunnybrook Community Church Podcast.